Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into the philosophies behind modern-day politics? Then don't miss the newest episode of Meet the Experts, where I talk with the creators of the Giants of Political Thought audio series. Available now wherever you get your Howie Car Show podcasts. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. There's a lot to talk about in this last hour. I want to get to Hunter Biden and Smirnov and this attempt to use the Smirnov story as a way to exonerate the Biden family for their influence peddling crime scheme or racket that they've been running. I also want to talk a lot about California in this hour. But before we do that, we should talk about a story and really... I wasn't going to get into this story because, first of all, I think it's being totally mischaracterized by the media. But what else is new? I mean, I just told you that they're trying to turn this um, Lake and Riley story into a reason why people shouldn't go out jogging as opposed to talking about illegal immigrations. So you should know that whatever you're getting from the media is being spun in one way or another. But the story out of Alabama is also being misrepresented by the media to a degree. Um, And just for a little bit of context, this is NBC News. After Alabama ruling, doctors warned that freezing embryos is essential for IVF. After Alabama state Supreme Court ruling on IVF, doctors are warning that women using in vitro fertilization and their babies could face major health risks uh, if fertility clinics stop using frozen embryos. Now, I wanted to read you something. And I think this is an important part of the story that's getting lost. And this was from The Federalist. And it says here, and and it's further down, I think I added this to recommended reading. If I didn't, I'll tweet it out. But it's further down in the story. It says, instead, the majority, because a lot of people have come out, Trump's come out and said, listen, I'm very pro-IVF. We should be encouraging people to have families. I personally, Grace Gurley, very pro-IVF. I have friends who've done it. Uh, I think it's wonderful if people are having trouble having kids that there's an, an option for them to have babies. Um, but the the issue here is that you're not getting the full story from this kind of doom and gloom reporting. And I do think this is this is an interesting part of it. It says the majority of justices simply held in accordance with the state's constitution and legal precedent that embryos, which are scientifically deemed life at conception, are considered minors under the state's wrongful death of a minor act. The only reason Alabama, and this is how it's described in the Federalist, Alabama baby-making specialists, decided to halt IVF is because they knew they could suddenly be on the legal hook for negligence for willfully destroying viable embryos in the name of science and success. Now, I'm not saying that because of that it makes the ruling right. What I'm saying is, is that these stories that are describing this as... It, it would be against the law for these places to continue what they're doing. That's that's not totally honest because there's nothing here saying it couldn't continue. It's just they now realize that they're on the hook for willfully destroying viable embryos. Just a little context to this. And I know it's it's well beyond what I'm describing here, there's a lot more detail to it. But I think that you should know that going into these clips of Joy Reid. So, Jared, you can take it away from here. I think I've done 
as much as I can. Right. So as you said, in terms of misrepresentation, MSNBC uh, caught up with Senator Tommy Tuberville from Alabama and asked him about the ruling uh, somewhere in public. And so this is what that was. Do you have a reaction to the Alabama Supreme Court ruling on the fact that embryos are children? Yeah, I was all for it. We need to have more kids. We need to have an opportunity to do that. And this, I thought this was the right thing to do. But IVF is used to have more children. And right now, IVF services are paused at some of the clinics in Alabama. Aren't you concerned that this could impact people who are trying to have kids? Well, that's for that's for another conversation. People need to have that. We need more kids. We need the people to, to have the opportunity to have kids. All right, so he thinks this is a good ruling because we need more kids. People need to have kids. That's what the senator said. She tried to kind of spin it as into, well, IVF is stopping. And it's like, well, no, a couple places, like you mentioned, are are kind of going on pause because they're like, whoa, let's not get accused of murder here. Now, now can I ask you this? Does Tourville go on with Joy Reid? He does not. This was not actually Joy. This was Joy Reid on her Instagram or somewhere. She posted this. Okay, okay. In a reaction video. to it. Yes, in a reaction to that quote from Tommy Tuberville. Uh, I'm going to be honest here. Tuberville, I'm sorry. I don't think I can. I, I can't do six cuts of Joy Reid. You know that about me. <laughs> you know, I, you got to know that going in, sir, that I'm not going to be able to handle it. So can you just pick like one? Give me one Joy Reid cut. I mean, your party. Senator Tuberville is the one screaming that 10 million immigrants, which I don't even know that that number even makes any sense because it doesn't, um, have streamed into the country since Joe Biden has been president. And you're claiming that that's too many people, that if more people come into the southern border, this is some sort of crisis because we, we've got too many people and we've got no more space and we can't afford more people. But now you're saying we need more kids? Can you explain who's the we and what's the purpose? The United States has a population of north of 327 million people. Why do we need more kids? I see what you did there. You combined two. I did. You got selfish. You got greedy. I, I got selfish. You, they you were, were like, so I, good. You were like, I had to sit through five of these. You're going to have to sit through two. Yeah, so what is she... She's very confused. I'll be honest with you. This is not a topic that I am super well-versed in. I've been following it to a degree, but it's confusing because you have people, and I agree with the criticisms to an extent. You have people who are anti-abortion, who are cheering on this ruling, and I guess you'd have to learn a lot about what goes on in these facilities with the embryos. Like According to what I've been reading from some sources, they're a little bit... um, that they can dis- discard a lot of viable embryos. But I, again, I don't know that to be, you'd have to take it case by case. Yeah, this this all stems from a 2020 lawsuit from a, a, a couple. parents, yeah. Yeah, that lost. So the lower courts in Alabama said, no, embryos are not people. You do not have a case. It went up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court ruled that, no, they are considered children under Alabama law. And the anti-life begins at an inception crowd like Joy Reid are, are losing their collective minds and we're that. we should probably assume this is going to get all the way up to the Supreme Court if we had to guess right I mean so I think in this case somebody would have to sue Alabama in order to get it to the I'm Supreme sure Court. somebody will so I I would imagine somebody will come out and, and sue them over this and this will go up to the Supreme Court 
Okay, so that was your Joy Reid cut of the day. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about California and some of the crazy things that are going on there. And plus Hunter Biden. I don't know if people have noticed. There's kind of two spins that are happening here from the left. One is that because of Smirnov, because of the indictment from David Weiss, that the entire case against the Bidens, the entire um, influence peddling scheme allegations made by Comer and the other House Judiciary members should be tossed out like this. This Smirnov character exonerates them completely. He doesn't in any way, shape or form. But the second thing that's a new one, it's not really a new one. I guess it's a rehashed idea. And it's being brought to you by Axios today is that Republicans are being mean to Hunter. We are the ones who are going to cause him to relapse. And Hunter is just trying to protect democracy. If that feels like it's going to make your head explode, like that feels like a lot to take in, just be patient with me. I'll break it all down when we come back. 844-500-4242. The Nasa Beach Inn just opened reservations for winter getaways. Jared, you've stayed at the Nasa Beach Inn. What do you remember the most about your visit? I just remember how tranquil it was. Because my wife and I, we went down there in December. We went to the Cape in the winter, which is fantastic. Because you don't have to battle crowds at the beach. You can get reservations at restaurants. You can just go down there and enjoy it the way it was meant to be enjoyed. And the Nasa Beach Inn is the place to do it because you are right on the beach. Whichever room you're in, you are steps from the beach. You can go. You can have a beach to yourself. You can take a walk. Um, If it's really cold, as winter can be, you can stay inside your room and be cozy because every room has a fireplace and a nice picture window, so you get a great view of the ocean, whatever room you're in. Or if you're a little more hardy, you can sit outside by the fire pits. They have fire pits as well. You can stay outside. You can be warm. My wife and I, we love sitting by the fire pit, having our morning coffee and watching the sunrise. It was just a fantastic and very relaxing getaway, and they're pet-friendly, so you can bring your pets along. I know February vacation just happened, but April vacation is coming up. If you want to get in some rates, now's the time to do it. Absolutely. And right now you can stay at the Nasa Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. Don't delay because these rooms go fast. Nasa Beach Inn is pet friendly, has a view from every room, and you can check it out at NasaBeachInn.com. That's NasaBeachInn.com. Once again, to reserve your ocean view room, go to NasaBeachInn.com. And I just want to read one more part here from this story. It's Jordan Boyd from The Federalist. She says, until now, fertility facility standard practice for IVF required the serial manufacturing, grading, and destruction of hundreds of millions of embryos, some of which were likely viable each year. I think that's an important part of the story that no one in the mainstream media is going to tell you. None of these Democrat politicians are going to tell you. Again, I'm not saying I'm on board with this decision. um, And and I'm sure there's a lot to be debated. But I also just wish that you get a little bit more information rather than just the fear mongering that we're now seeing about IBF. We'll be right back. We'll take your calls. This is The Grace Curley Show. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. Call 1-844-PERFECT-SMILE or visit PerfectSmiles.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com, 
is will Nikki Haley stay in until Super Tuesday? Yes, the checks are bottomless or no, the money will dry up. I'm going to say no. She seemed a little low energy over the weekend. It seemed like she was going through the motions um, and she wasn't as delusional as she has been in the past, which I don't think is a good sign for her campaign. Probably a good sign for all the rest of us, though. So, no, I don't think she's going to hang until Super Tuesday. I I don't think this campaign is long for this world. Only 30 percent agree with you. 70 percent think Yes, she will stay in until Super Tuesday. By the way, we did get confirmation that Rona McDaniel is out. Again, n- nothing that would surprise you. We knew that was that was coming based off the the rumors that Trump had had this two-hour meeting with her at Mar-a-Lago. He was rooting for this guy, Watley. Uh, but now it is confirmed that I think March 8th is when she's going to officially step aside. I am personally very happy about this. I did not think she's done a good job. She's done, you know, yeah, 2016, sure. But there's only so long, you know, at, at a certain point, I start looking at people and going, what have you done for me lately? It's like when you see a best of Boston sign on a restaurant from t- 2009. And you're like, uh, what's going on here? Let's change up the menu. Yeah, you can't. Or when people say Mitch McConnell, well, you know, he did do a good job with Supreme Court justices. I get it. I understand that you got to give people their due. But. She's buying these expensive ornaments, these Lululemon zip-ups, and we're losing all these elections. Let's bring in some fresh blood. Surely there can be someone who can do a better job. I don't know how anyone could do a worse job at the moment. So let's mix it up. And that's what's happening, and I'm happy about that. Um, I did want to mention here, Jared, that I had read a little bit from this great piece from The Atlantic. It's not often I say that. It's not often I say I read a great piece in The Atlantic. But it's by this guy, and he was at the New York Times, and he was part of the team that published and helped edit Tom Cotton's op-ed about the rioters during the Summer of Love. And after that, his life was kind of thrown into chaos, and he was thrown under the bus by several people he worked with, stabbed in the back, uh, made out to be like a sloppy editor who had no idea what he was doing, uh, a pro-fascist type thing. And none of that was true, but it didn't matter because the people at the New York Times, the staff there, had decided that he was bad and he was, you know, um, he was pro-Trump, even though from what I'm getting, he's not pro-Trump or or even pro-Tom Cotton. But he was just, he had the audacity to actually want to print a different point of view in The Old Grey Lady. And there were a few parts of this. It's not just, it just gives you a little sense of what's going on at The New York Times. If anyone here is a fan of Barry Weiss, uh, you probably already know a lot of this because she's described it before about what it's like working there. But I, I thought this was telling. He was at The Times only for two years. And he said, being a conservative, or at least being considered one at the times, was a strange experience. I often found myself asking questions like, doesn't all of this talk of voter suppression on the left sound similar to charges of voter fraud on the right? Only to realize how unwelcome such questions were. By asking, I'd revealed that I wasn't on the same team as my colleagues, that I didn't accept as an article of faith the liberal premise that voter suppression was a grave threat to liberal democracy, while voter fraud was entirely fake news. Or take the Hunter Biden laptop. Was it truly unsubstantiated, as the paper kept saying? At the time, it had been substantiated, however unusually, by Rudy Giuliani. Many of my colleagues were clearly worried that lending credence to the laptop story could hurt the electoral prospects of Joe Biden and the Democrats. 
But starting from a place of party politics and assessing how a particular story could affect an election is not journalism, nor is a vague unease with difficult subjects. Here's a quote one of his colleagues told him. The state of Israel makes me very uncomfortable. One of his colleagues at the New York Times said that to him. He said, this was something I was used to hearing from young progressives on college campuses, but not at work. There was a sense that publishing the occasional conservative voice made the paper look centrist. But I soon realized that the conservative voices we published tended to be the ones agreeing with the liberal line. It was also clear that the right of center submissions were treated entirely differently. They faced a higher bar for entry, more layers of editing, and greater involvement of higher-ups. Oh, they treated those pieces like they used to treat everything. They fact-checked them. They did their due diligence. After senior leaders in the opinion section realized that these articles were not getting a fair shake, the process evolved. Articles that were potentially controversial, and then in parentheses conservative, were sent directly to the most senior editors on the page to be scrutinized by leadership rather than the whole department. It's just, it's an interesting little, it's, it's a little bit of an insight into what goes on at just one of these publications. Definitely one of the most left-leaning, but um, really worth reading if you guys get a second today. Not just because of the Chick-fil-A spicy sandwich answer that he gave, that he was, you know, reprimanded for 844-500-4242 now other big news today in axios they've got a story about hunter biden and how because of mean conservatives in the media like jared he is being used and he is we're, we're risking that he might have a relapse so it says hunter biden sees staying sober as key to preventing trump win i'm going to repeat that for you because I, I can almost hear everybody going, huh? Hunter Biden sees staying sober as key to preventing a Trump win. So stopping Trump from winning is hinging on Hunter Biden's sobriety. And maybe keep a closer watch on your White House, Coke. I, I don't know. I'm just asking. I just throwing ideas out there. And you know what Axios always does? They go, why it matters? Because they, they always have to explain right. to me, like, why you should care about this. I hate that. I find it so condescending. Why it matters, you stupid idiot. Here's why it matters. But they say, why it matters. Hunter Biden knows this. He told Axios in a rare interview that he sees his continued sobriety as crucial, not only to his life, but also to ensuring Donald Trump doesn't return to the Oval Office. This is what he said. This is an actual quote from Hunter Biden. I have something much bigger than even myself at stake. We are in the middle of a fight for the future of democracy. <sighs> it's, it's dawning on me that everyone in the, everyone on the left has this idea, like this illusion that they are fighting to defend democracy. They don't even know what that means. They, they, I guess that just means like hating Donald Trump and doing the occasional interview talking about how much you hate him. You're not defending democracy. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, also defending democracy is trying to get Trump kicked off the ballot. That somehow is also going to defend democracy. But now it's not just enough. OK, so we have number one in order to defend democracy. We first we need to get Trump kicked off the ballot. We need to prevent people from being able to vote for Donald Trump. Got to kill democracy in order to save it. And number two, to save democracy, Hunter Biden needs to stay sober. 
needs to stay sober. How does that make any sense? Well, it doesn't. But welcome to Hunter Biden's world. Axios is living in it. We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. So Biden and Trump, both on the same schedule on Thursday, both going to visit the border. They're going to be like, I think, 300 miles away from each other. And I'm sure that I'm going to hear from KJP at some point how Trump going to the border is. Everyone say it with me. What is Trump going to the border? Trump going to the border is a political stunt. Yes, Jared. Jared, you were like that kid in class right there who just has his hand up. My hand was up. I know the answer. I know the answer. And you'd be right. A political stunt. Now, when Biden goes to the border, sending a message that he cares. He cares about what's going on. But when Trump does it, nothing but a photo shoot. Nothing but a political stunt. By the way, being president or running for president, just FYI to KJP... It's all kind of a giant photo shoot. It's it's all kind of a PR stunt, as you you might say. And, and that's the, the most hilarious part is anytime anyone besides Biden does anything that the president should be doing, they say, well, that's just a political stunt. That's just a photo. That's just a photo op. That's the other thing they love to say. That's just a photo op. Well, wh- how come? OK, so when he goes to get an eight dollar smoothie and talk to the people at the counter and then say, oh, it's eight dollars. Whoa. And then walks by reporters like, what is that? Is that is that pushing some sort of legislation? Is that getting the ball moving in some direction? I'm just confused. How come that is seen as like saving America? But people actually going to the border, drawing attention to this crisis is a is a political stunt. But because now Joe's going to do it, I'm sure it will be cool again. Visiting the border just became cool 844-500-4242 jay you're up next on the grace curly show what's going on jay hi uh, grace love your show you and i met a few years ago at a uh, trump rally uh, to your benefit you don't remember me <laughs> no the um i get a little nervous talking on the phone but love your show uh, this is an ancient idea the um the uh, Nicola Machiavelli wrote 500 years ago, if you're not happy with your population, import a new one. Thomas Jefferson said to do things the way the Democrats are doing it now would create an uh, incoherent, distracted mass because people from other parts of the world would not understand our unique or peculiar amongst nations of the world. I'm not reading it verbatim. Um a mix of unalienable rights from our creator and the best of English law. I pray that President Trump gets elected and all of these people can get deported, just like President Eisenhower did. I don't think everyone's going to. Here's what I here's what I hope happens. I hope we have a system where because if I'm being and actually I should start by saying this, Jay, thank you so much for the call and thank you for listening and thank you for your nice words about the show. We really appreciate that. I don't think uh, President, if President uh, Trump comes back into office, fingers crossed, he's going to be able to deport everyone who's here illegally. And, and, and I've said that before in the show. People get so mad at me. They're like, Grace, what do you mean? I just don't think it's feasible at this point. We have so many. We have gotaways. We have people who are in this country. Here's what I do think will happen, though. I don't think you'll be getting three strikes. You're out. I think that if you break the law, 
it's going to be okay. I don't think you're going to get a situation where, oh, I broke the law once and then I broke the law again and then finally I killed somebody and now there's talk of maybe, actually right now it's not even deporting the person. It's like maybe we'll keep the person in jail for more than 24 hours. That's that's how low the standard is now. I think the standard will be raised. I think that people will have to be on their best behavior or else you will be deported. That's just my honest assessment of the situation. Um, as far as what Biden's doing right now, it is a dereliction of duty. I think Mayorkas, it, it's the same thing. They have the power. It, they just don't have the will. They have the ability to enforce the law. They have the ability to support Border Patrol. And they have shown no interest in doing so. Um, Jared, I had mentioned this a while back. And I do think it will be fun. We're going to take a trip right now to California. California, here we come. Right back to where we started from. California. So much going on in California. And no, actually, today I'm not talking about Gavin Newsom, although I am talking about some of his policies and what they've led to. This is a story out of San Francisco. I mentioned earlier that Nancy Pelosi was being heckled. She's one of the most famous, one of the most celebrated residents of San Francisco. She's being heckled by anti-Israel protesters. Well, also happening in San Francisco, a San Francisco hardware store has been forced to escort customers while shopping in an attempt to deter crime. Remember Al Sharpton once said, they're locking up my toothpaste. Well, it turns out that locking up someone's toothpaste is not enough. We had to take it up a notch. Fredrickson Hardware said they have been hit by brazen shoplifting thieves over the past several months, resulting in the store suffering significant monetary losses. The store first established the new escorting policy three weeks ago. So there's a sign, and if you go to the postmillennial.com, that's where I'm reading from, you can read the sign. It says, due to the rampant shoplifting, Fredrickson has introduced a one-on-one shopping experience. That's one way to put it. Wait here, and a clerk will be right with you to help you with all your shopping needs. We're sorry for the inconvenience. Now, to be fair to the owner here, He doesn't want to do this. He said his name's Sam Black. He's worked at the store for more than 20 years. He said we had to do it because of the increase in thefts. It stinks for him. He's not making as much money because people can't, you know, just mosey around the store. That's where you really make your money. Like, take it from someone who does that all the time. I'll say to my husband, can we stop off here? I've got to grab some toilet paper. Then I'll come back. Toilet paper. Eyeliner. Makeup remover wipes. Um, Starburst, like a a host of things that I never had even, that had never come across my mind until I got in there and started perusing the, 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 the aisles. That's what happens when you're shopping. But you can't do that at Fredrickson Hardware anymore because people were coming in and stealing so much. So now you have to wait at the door for someone to come and escort you around the store. This is where we're at. And... Black said that thieves would come into the store grabbing, breaking, and stealing entire displays. While the new policy might be an annoyance for law-abiding customers, Black said the policy is working and the store has not had any major incidents since it was enacted. He does wish things would go back to normal. And I was thinking about this because the other day I saw, again, 
a story about how at Target now they're locking up all of this stuff in these like glass boxes. And you have to ask someone to come over and say, hey, I want to get this. Can you open that for me? And I thought it really does kill some of the fun of shopping. This is a whole different level. It's like, excuse me, and then someone's going to walk you around the store. Now, the other story out of California that also had me thinking, and I'm curious what our audience thinks of this. This is from Red State, a really good website. They do a lot of reporting out of California. A lot of their columnists are based out of there. This is Jeff Charles. He said, in a move that will have tails wagging in California, a state lawmaker has introduced a bill designed to throw a bone to pet owners seeking to rent apartments or homes. The proposed legislation would prohibit landlords from barring tenants from having pets in their rental units. It's AB 2216, and it requires landlords to have reasonable reasons for denying pets in their rental properties. Dogs may help cure cancer. According to the press release, the lack of pet-friendly rental options contributes to the problem of housing accessibility. The Humane Society of the United States is a sponsor of the bill. And I just think this is insane. As someone who's not, now, full disclosure, am I a huge dog person? No, I I like dogs. I'm not mean to dogs. I see dogs in the street. I give them a nice, how you doing? And I keep moving. I saw St. Bernard the other day. I I said to the woman, that's a beautiful dog. She said, thank you so much. Like, I'm, I'm good with the dog community. I don't think they hate me. But I don't think that if I have properties which I don't, but if I did, and then someone comes in and says, hey, it's me and my dog. I don't know. It's just a headache. I might say I don't really, if, if you have a dog and they're very well behaved and, and you make that case to me, you say, I have a dog, super well behaved, whatever. Sure. But isn't that the right of the landlord to say, that's not my bag. I don't want the dog here. Yeah. It's, it's insane government overreach. It's overreach. Un- unnecessary overreach. And I mean, maybe... Because they want to open it up for, for lower income people to be able to rent. or, or I mean, maybe they have more dogs than I think they do, but I, I don't know. But again, I, I'm allergic to dogs. I'm allergic to cats. Are I, you? Yeah. And actually, I I did allergy testing, and I'm like, now they did like an under-the-skin thing, and now like dogs might kill me. Like, I'm really allergic to them. But that's my thing. That's I got I to gotta take care of that. I can't tell the world, no, nah, you can't have dogs anywhere. It's by the same thing. Like, you can't tell people, no, you have to allow pets if you don't want to allow pets. It is your property. You bought it. You own it. You rent it however you see fit. Yeah, and, and not everybody's dogs. Everyone thinks their dogs are well-behaved. Like Everybody thinks that. I'm here to tell you it's not true, okay? Some people out there have dogs, and they're just, they're up to no good. I mean, they're good, you know? They're good. But they're up to no good. They're peeing on the rugs. They're wreaking havoc. They're chewing everything. They're chewing the molding. If I'm a landlord and I don't, I don't want that. And by the way, there's plenty of landlords who don't care. Who are like, wonderful, bring on the dogs. But that's not for everybody. But this is the latest thing coming out of California now. You have to allow, or this is what they want to pass. You have to allow people with pets to live on your property. Jeff Charles wrote, uh, It could lead to increased insurance premiums and maintenance costs, which would be passed on to potential tenants. Living in California is already expensive enough without adding more reasons to raise rents. What are you giggling about, Jared? Uh, uh, 603. That's that's excellent. Oh, well, can you not read it on the thing? (laughs) I 
<laughs> do not put your dog in a bag with an Eden Pure 603. Oh, jeez. Do not do that. We do not recommend. 844-500-4242. We will be right back. We're going to talk to Howie Carr. we got a lot to get to with the captain. Oh, and one other thing I wanted to mention here before we wrap up. This is a headline for you. It says, Embattled DA Fannie Willis claims new cell phone data putting Nathan Wade near her home before pair say affair began are not relevant. Now, I would think that considering this whole case is hinging on the timeline of when these two became lovers, that this is the most relevant piece of information we have. But according to Fannie, it's not relevant and it shouldn't be used. It shouldn't be used against them. And what they're also, it says the DA's office also questioned whether Trump's lawyers obtained the cell phone data legally. The investigation, where am I reading? This is New York Post. The investigation, based on AT&T records, uncovered data detailing Wade's presence in Willis's immediate vicinity. So a lot of people are saying they're, they're seeing this story and they're going, oh, well, they're trying to prove that uh, the cell phone pings are irrelevant for this case. What kind of stuck out to me is that they are, in a way, trying to act as though this information doesn't prove what it proves. And I'll give you the example. It says the records do nothing more than demonstrate that special prosecutor Wade's telephone was located somewhere within a densely populated multiple mile radius where various residences, restaurants, bars, nightclubs and other businesses are located. So they're they're trying to make it seem like it could be it could be her house, but it also could be any of the places near her house. It's just a great sandwich shop there. That's all. Yeah, there's a place. Where is he at 1230 in the morning or, you know, 4 a.m.? That's the question. The records do not prove in any way the content of the communications between Special Prosecutor Wade and District Attorney Willis. They do not prove that Special Prosecutor Wade was ever at any particular location or address. They do not prove that Special Prosecutor Wade and District Attorney Willis were ever in the same place during any of the times listed. That's just an update for you on the lovebirds. I hope Lisa Page and Peter Strzok aren't sad that they've been booted out and there's, there's new lovebirds in town. Fanny Willis and Nathan Wade. Oh, I can't wait to see what Donald Trump says about them. You remember what he said about Lisa and, uh, oh, I love you, Lisa. I love I you, I love you, Peter. I can't, oh. I can't wait to hear him go after Fanny and Nathan. Yeah, he, he was very, um, and again, I know I described Nikki Haley as subdued this weekend, but Trump was, I thought Trump was awesome this weekend. I thought he was very calm. He was acting like a winner, which I appreciated. He doesn't need... I don't mind punching back, but you don't need to punch back at someone who's depending on the punches. Like, the only thing Nikki Haley has for her right now is if Trump attacks Nikki Haley. So by him not giving her any oxygen, not giving her any airtime, it was the perfect way to just take the wind out of her sails. I was all on board. That's actually, I I texted Caroline Levitt. I said, do you want to come on the show? Because I wanted to discuss that with her and say, whoever is giving him that advice to keep Nikki Haley out of his mouth, perfect. Keep it up. Good stuff. We'll be right back with Howie Carr. Don't go anywhere. This is The Grace Curley Show. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Joining us now is Howie Carr. And Howie, I would love your reaction to the news that Americans for Prosperity Action, which is the Koch-backed group, has decided to take stock of their spending and halt future spending with Nikki Haley's campaign. They said they're going to focus now on Senate and House races. What does this mean for Nikki Haley? I don't know. I think uh, Ari Fleischer... Uh, said on Saturday night that this means she's going to go no labels. You know, uh, their first choice, I think, was Joe Manchin. He's not going to run. Larry Hogan, probably their second or third choice, former governor of Maryland, is going to run for the U.S. Senate. So they got got a ton of money. And, uh, you know, it's burning a hole in their pocket. They need somebody. And I don't know who it's going to be, but... uh, I talked to somebody yesterday down here who who knows a little bit about it. He he said he thought that was a good uh, scenario, a good possibility that she'd go no labels. Yeah, and she's been saying she's been doing the weekend shows and saying like, no, no, I'm not going to go no labels. Yeah, but that right. doesn't mean That's, anything. Yeah, no, that, no, that means less than nothing. <laughs> yeah, if anything, that should make us more suspicious. Um, Howie, there is also this this story, and it's so so sad about this female jog. She was jogging and she was murdered, um, and allegedly it was by an illegal alien. It says according to I the- thought it was from an Athens by an Athens man. That's the way it's being framed from the AP. And, Odd. And, and Howie, some people say, well, who cares what the AP has? Nobody's reading the AP, but it's it's this sense of trying to, ch- yeah, to bury it go, the Yeah, but I mean, lead. it goes out. It, there, there's still like, a, you know, two or three people reading every newspaper they go to. Plus, you got all these little radio stations that get that just cut it off the wire. And, and again, I, I know there's a lot fewer people than used to be paying attention to to the AP, but still, they, they, hit, uh, they hit a certain group of low-info, no-info voters, and those are Biden people, obviously. Yeah. And the other part of this story that a lot of people are, you know, deservedly upset over is the fact that this person had this illegal alien had a a rap sheet and it was a pretty long one. And so did his brother. So did his, his his brother was a was a cobby too, was a was a criminal. And they they, it's it's one of these college towns where they have a, a woke D.A. and she doesn't prosecute anything. This is this is a woman who's such a uh, such a woke liberal that she has a budget for seventeen assistant district attorneys and she only has three of them. She's lost fourteen murder cases in a row. Yeah, and then and then people wonder why there's other district attorneys and other people in in states that haven't lost their minds who are saying we're not extraditing anybody back to New York or back to any of these blue states. Right. We don't want them to just get off in a couple hours. It, Howie Carr is coming up next. He can talk about all of this and so much more. Tune in tomorrow, guys. You got a good Tuesday show planned.